Welcome to the Alpha Male Coach Podcast, the only podcast that teaches men the cognitive mastery and alpha mindset that it takes to become an influential and irresistible man of confidence. Here's your host, certified life coach and international man of mystery, Kevin Ayo. What's up, my brothers? Welcome back to the Alpha Male Coach Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Ayo. And today we're talking about self-confidence in the F line, which is to say, what does self-confidence feel like? And last week we talked about what does self-confidence look like? We talked about indomitable self-confidence in the A line. We got into some really fun stuff with some superheroes, but today I'm going to get into some other type of stuff. I'm going to actually, I might even get into some neuroscience. We might talk a little bit about the structure and the function of the brain. But what I really want to begin with here, and I promise you it'll be fun, it'll be great, but I want to begin with the universal truth. I want to start with just a very quick review of how life works. So we have the universal truth, right? We've got circumstances. We've got our circumstances that are our present moment, everything that's happening in the present, including other people. So what other people say, what other people do, it's just cellular movement, right? It's completely neutral. It's it's definitely out of our control. And that's what I want you guys to really understand about the circumstance of our lives, the past, the present, other people, they are out of our control. Now they're neutral, they're objective, but they're really, they're, they're things that we don't control. We don't control the weather. We don't control the traffic. We don't control what's happening for us. We begin our control, our power zone begins with our thought. So we have our circumstances outside of our body that are happening for us, constantly unfolding in that perfection that's just happening in the present. And then we have our thoughts about it. What do we make it mean? This is our subjectivity and this is where our control begins. This is where our power begins. So we have a thought about what we're making the world mean. And if we believe that thought, if we think it Often enough, if we really practice it and choose it to be true for us, then we get an emotional response. Then we feel that thought. And we feel that thought through our emotions, through our feelings, and that is our human experience. We experience life through our emotions. When life is amazing, it's because of how we feel. We feel great. When life is horrible and tragic, it's because of how we feel. We feel bad. So we have our thoughts. We have this amazing power tool to think and believe what we choose, and that gives us an emotional response, that gives us our experience, and our experience drives our actions. Our actions come from how we feel, always. Now, what animates our body, of course, is calories, but what drives us to do things is how we feel, and then whatever we do, whatever we put out there, has a consequence, and that consequence is our results. So the universal truth is that our circumstances happen, they're just out there, they're neutral, they're out of our control. We think what we choose to think about them, a lot of times unconsciously, I get that, but we can learn to decide our thoughts in order to create our emotions, drive our actions, and literally determine our results, like get the life of our dreams. Now, it's our results that are going to reinforce the thoughts that created them, and that's called confirmation bias. So a lot of times we live in a world that we are creating unknowingly for ourselves, and then we don't think we have control over that. But again, that's the universal truth. And thoughts create our emotions. What I want you guys to take from this is that it's our thoughts that create our emotions. And relationships, this is kind of a review, relationships are not with people and things, right? Our relationships are our thoughts about people and things. So we're not in a relationship with people, we're in a relationship with our thoughts about people, and we're not in a relationship with things, 
we're in a relationship with our thoughts about things. And this is going to come back to indomitable self-confidence in the feeling line, or what does indomitable self-confidence feel like? But I want to start with fear. You know, I want to start with some other emotions. I want to actually talk about fear a little bit because fear is our doorway to confidence. Confidence itself is a relationship, right? So we're going to get back to that. So I want to talk about fear because it's really about our relationship with fear. And fear is a primal emotion. It's very, very primal. It's one of the very first things that started to chemically develop in our brain because it's so necessary for survival. Now, fear comes from very deep structures of the brain. They come from It comes from the amygdala where we have this sort of startle, danger, fear response that happens in our brain, and it happens very necessarily. So the startle function is we hear a snap in the woods, like a twig snaps in the woods. There's a startle. Our brain immediately goes into that danger, that fight or flight, like what is happening, sort of fear mode, and then it releases fear into our body so we feel it so we can move with it, right? We can fight or we can run, we can flight. And it's very necessary because of that, because we want to have that, we want to constantly be looking on the horizon for that startle move in order to stay survive. That was that primal place, that was that primordial emotion that we really start to develop through neurotransmission, through how our brain works to drive us chemically, through how our thoughts create our emotions and drive our actions. Now we do have, human beings have developed a cognitive override called the prefrontal cortex. We can use a part of our brain to sort of come to an understanding with that fear, to have kind of like a a, a relationship with that fear, where it's not just the fear that it happens and then we instinctually move from it, where we can think about the thoughts that are driving that startle, danger, fear, sequence. Now, here's an analogy. For example, when we're out in the savannah, right, we see a lion in the wild, right? We see a lion in the grass, and maybe we hear something that's not right, right? Everything's moving, everything's fine, the wind is blowing, we're all good, but then all of a sudden we hear something, we get startled. Maybe it's a movement, a shadow in the grass. It's like, whoa, that's a lion, startle. My brain immediately goes into what's happening, right? Is that lion going to kill and eat me, (laughs) right? Is it going to kill me and feed me to its young, right? So now I have danger. And with that danger, that danger, 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 that creates that cognitive uh, message creates the fear, the emotional response driving into my body saying, I'm going to fight this or I'm going to flight from this. I'm going to run from this. And that is where that physiological changes occur in the cell. Now, the cognitive override comes from our prefrontal cortex where we can think about our thoughts, right? So if we see a lion in the zoo, for example, we may still see this amazing cat, like this giant cat, right? This thing that could kill us with a swipe of its hand. And we see it and immediately it's like, okay, but we have this glass, right? But we're in this zoo, but we're, you know, we paid to be here. Like this thing is contained. Maybe it's tamed even, right? So we have this cognitive override where it's no longer this cat is going to, uh, you know, kill us and feed it to its young, where that's the danger signal. We may still get that startle. We see it. It might be like, whoa, there's a big cat, right? Unless we're used to it, unless we've been to the zoo before and we're kind of prepared for it. But if we didn't, if we didn't, if we just took off our blindfolds and boom, all of a sudden we're in the zoo, we don't think it's going to be that startle. But then our, our, prefrontal cortex, our cognitive override is, oh, but I'm safe here, right? I'm behind a glass. I'm, I'm, in, I'm, in a, I'm in a zoo. So we have that thought that rather than creating the fear, rather than having the danger, danger, danger thought, instead we have the, 
well, I'm curious about what it's going to do next. Like, okay, cool. We got this cat. What's it going to do next? It's behind the cage. You know, it's feeding time. There's a bunch of other people who are watching. We're, we're curious. Instead of being afraid of it, we become curious about it. So I want you guys to know that that fear comes very primordially from a startled position. Like we can have fear in a way that we are completely unconscious about it. And that is so important for our survival. Now, anxiety is another thing I want to talk about. We're going to kind of move over to anxiety because anxiety is a derivative of fear. It's the resistance of feeling fear. Okay. So I want you to think of anxiety, not like an emotion itself, not like there's a neuropeptide or a neurotransmitter that uh, creates anxiety, but that anxiety is how you feel. It's a feeling that you get when you are resisting fear, when you don't want to feel fear, when you're, you actually fear fear and it's it's like a smite it's like a small like little buzz like a light buzz or a hum in your body it's really agitating because again anxiety is anxiety is like trying to hold a beach ball a a fully inflated beach ball underwater right that's your fear fears that beach ball and you're trying to hold underwater and you're struggling and you're fighting with it and you're just wearing yourself out emotionally with this anxiety but it's it's just in the back right? It's not a true emotion that you're actually feeling that your body's having a physiological response to. It's almost like you're resisting that physiological response. So anxiety is, the, is, a, is a resistance to fear. And it's kind of like our barrier for feeling fear. And let me tell you guys, it is not, it was never, anxiety is not something that was designed for survival in humans, right? Because it prevents the signaling of fear for our development, right? So it's not just our, our development in survival, Right, because imagine if we were out there on the wild, we hear a, sna- a twig snap in the woods, and we're like, "Oh, I should feel fear, but I'm not going to. I don't want to feel fear." Right? It sort of prevents. It goes against fear. It almost like unsurvives us because it puts us in more danger because we don't want to feel the fear that is necessary for us to confront and find out. You know, how, how can we survive from this? So anxiety prevents the signaling of fear, and I want to kind of use an analogy here for uh, for the, the times now, not not times like in the in the in the wild with the, with the lions and the tigers and the bears and the snakes and all that. But times now. So think about this. You know, there's the fear of approaching strangers, the fear of meeting new people, right? The fear of approach, approaching women, for example. Now, the fear there is legit, right? We talk about that legitimate fear of rejection. That is a fear of rejection. It's very primal, primordial with the tribe. When If we get rejected from the tribe, it's like this danger in our ability to survive on our own. The tribe keeps us safe with numbers and with, and with food and with the community. So when we have that fear of rejection, that is hardwired into us to now be fearful of what other people think in terms of meeting us. Like, are they going to reject us? Are they going to accept us? So we have this legit fear of approaching strangers. We have this legit fear of approaching even women, because women's also a part of our development, our procreation. So we have this other fear of rejection where can I, you know, procreate, can, you know, is my seed worthy, right? And so that is very different than social anxiety or approach anxiety because the fear that you have when you are walking up to someone you don't know when you're walking up to a group of people you don't know in a networking event or walk meeting strangers or meet or walking up to a introduce yourself to a, a woman you find attractive that is legit fear but you're in that fear you're feeling that fear the social anxiety right or the approach anxiety is the prevention of allowing you to feel that right it's the avoiding of going out it's the avoiding of walking up right it's the avoiding of going out to social events it's the avoiding of walking up to people you don't know right that's approach anxiety and with that anxiety that's sort of preventing that action 
you're not allowing that fear, that fear will always come back regardless of what the outcome is. Even if you go to these networking events, even if you approach this stranger, approach this woman, if you are feeling anxiety, if you're not allowing that fear to be there, then you're holding that beach ball, right? You're holding that fear down under the, under the water, struggling to get it there. And no matter what the outcome is of the actions that you take, no matter what the outcome of the interaction becomes with these people or with this person, the only thing that your body is going to remember and take from that event is the thoughts that you're having and the emotion that you're feeling in that time, which is fear, 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 danger, danger, danger. <laughs> so you're going to be constantly perpetuating your social or approach anxiety, even if you're you know, going to those events. Now, if you're allowing the fear, which is different than fighting against anxiety, which is fighting the fear, then you are walking through that fear. And that is where I want to talk about a little bit about courage, because we're going to get into confidence here at the end of the podcast, at the end of the episode. But I want to talk briefly about courage, because courage is not an emotion. Courage is an action. We don't feel courage. What we feel is fear. And then we act from that emotion. We act in the feeling of fear. So again, guys, remember the universal truth is that our thoughts create our emotions and our emotions drive our actions. So if our action, if our, if our emotion is fear and our emotion is to fight or flight, in order for us to build courage, what we're doing is are using our prefrontal cortex. We're using our ability to think about what it is that's creating this fear, like what, where these, where this emotion is coming from and take action from a conscious place, from take action from a deliberate place. And that's where we can exercise courage as a buildable skill. See, courage is like any other action, guys. It's like learning how to play an instrument or learning how to ride a bike or learning how to shoot a firearm, right? It's, it's something that you practice and get better at. It's not something you either have or you don't. It's not something that you create out of nowhere, like a, well, not out of nowhere. But it's not like something you just create like an emotion because you can create confidence right now. Like you can create confidence with your thoughts. You can create fear with your thoughts, but courage takes practice. Courage is something that you have to do to develop. So with courage, you are using, you're kind of, you're kind of using that fear, if you will, to build your courage. Now, if you're in anxiety, if you're resisting that fear, if you fear the fear, then you will not be building your courage because you're going to be constantly holding that fear, that beach ball, that now, you know, that heavy object or that super light object in this analogy, underwater. You're going to try to be holding that underwater. So you're going to be resisting that fear and not building your courage, just kind of walking in a state of anxiety, doing whatever you're doing, or walking in a state of anxiety by avoiding doing whatever it is that you're afraid of doing. You know, the fear of humiliation with the, you know, performance anxiety, the fear of rejection with the approach anxiety or the social anxiety, whatever that is, if you're not willing to step into that fear and just feel that anxiety, you're not going to develop your courage. You've got to feel the fear. You've got to allow the fear to be there. You've got to basically say, this is fear and this is okay. Like, this is fear, it's not going to kill me. This is fear, and rather than resisting that and telling myself, I shouldn't be feeling this, or real men don't. You know what? Here's the thing. When, when, when people say, when guys say man up, what I want you guys to know is that they're not saying stop feeling fear, <laughs> okay? Because that's just not possible. You just can't stop feeling fear. No human can ever stop feeling fear. It's a part of us. It's a part of what makes us human. The term man up, what that means is recognize that fear is okay, that fear is going to be a part of you doing things that 
either one, you've never done before, right? That fear of failure or two, the fear of something that you haven't practiced enough in order to have a better relationship with the fear. And that's where we get into confidence, guys, because confidence is not the resistance or the avoidance of fear. I think a lot of people think that, and I think that's a really big misconception. When you feel confident, it's not because you're feeling something other than fear. It's not because you're resisting it or avoiding it or just saying that I'm stronger than this, this fear and I don't need it. I can avoid it. I can, sh- I can you know, shed it off my body. And confidence is not the opposite of fear either. Confidence is a feeling of being able, well, the, one of the pillars, I want to state this very clear, clearly, one of the co- pillars of indomitable self-confidence is the feeling of the ability to handle fear, right? It's being comfortable with fear. It's feeling comfortable with the uncomfortable emotions. And this is the thing. I mean, if, 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 I, if there's one thing, I mean, cognitive mastery is a very complex set of skills that I teach at the Spartan Academy, but there's so many different uh, facets to it. And one of the facets to it is understanding how the brain works and how to switch the brain from that beta state to the alpha state, from the beta condition to the alpha state. And one of the ways, one of the ways I explain that is what you want to do is become comfortable with the uncomfortable. I say that often, like start to become comfortable with those uncomfortable emotions. But also you want to get a little uncomfortable with being so comfortable because when you're too comfortable, then you're not growing anymore. You're not pushing yourself deeper. You're not getting, you're not, you know, getting farther and becoming more of who you're, who you are, who you're meant to be. So it's part of it's becoming uncomfortable with being so comfortable. It's like, but becoming comfortable with the uncomfortable emotion of fear that's what confidence is and it changes the first pillar of indomitable self-confidence it kind of changes consciously or unconsciously you know deliberately truthfully the way you think about fear right it's the way you think about a fear it's the relationship that you start to have with fear this goes all the way back to relationships guys understand that you are not in a relationship with people or things you are only in a relationship with your thoughts about people and things. And fear is a thing. Fear is an emotion. And if your relationship with fear is one of resistance or avoidance, if it's resistance, then you're creating anxiety. If it's avoidance, then you're out there buffering, right? You're out there trying to feel something else synthetically through television, through drugs, through sleep, through exercise, through something else where it's like, I don't want to feel this. In fact, if it's an approach anxiety, it could be through alcohol, right? It's like, give me that liquid courage. <laughs> Let me get to the bar, give me a drink, right? That's the buffering. That's the avoidance of fear. But when you have the relationship of fear where you are okay with it, when you're good with it, when you're like, yes, this is fear. This is okay. I'm, you know, My relationship with fear is wonderful. I love feeling fear. It's a part of me being human. It's a part of me growing really because here's the thing when you feel fear and you act in courage you realize that you can do the thing that whatever it is that you were afraid of whatever that thought was you know the rejection or the humiliation or the failure whatever it is that thought is you step into that you show yourself that you can handle that and you start to change that relationship with fear you start to change your way of thinking about fear when you resist it you're in anxiety when you're feeling it and sort of acting from it, sort of, I'm just going to do this anyway. You are learning how to teach fear to be inside of you, to be in that feeling, to be in your body. And when you're learning and you're teaching fear to be that way, you're teaching yourself how you can handle it. Look, guys, there are so many different ways that this has shown up. In my life, and it's, it probably shows up in your life, you know, public speaking, uh, building businesses, 
you know, the fear around building businesses is, you know, that the fear of money, right? I'm constantly going into debt, right? That's the fear. Is it debt? Or with my confidence, is it look like I've done this so many times, I've created so many businesses that I don't even see it as debt anymore. Now I see it as investments. Okay, yep, I'm going to invest more into this business now. You know, it's the same thing, talking to women, talking to uh, other people, you know, meeting new people, that fear of rejection, it's constantly showing up. It's like, and that is the fear. If you see it there and you see it as fear, here's what I want you guys to do. Check this out. Next time you speak to someone you don't know, and this may be part of your dare of the day, right? If you see an attractive woman, like maybe you, you have this woman who you have a crush on, you haven't talked to her, you've been afraid of rejection, or maybe you know uh, you were going to a networking event and you really want to start talking about your business that you're growing, you want to start making offers about your service, your product, your contribution to the world. Here's the thing, guys. Instead of seeing that person as a person, right? As sort of like this person that you're going to make an offer to. See them as the fear. Like that is your fear. And when you go up to that fear and you make friends with that fear, you create a relationship with that fear. You're no longer avoiding or resisting that fear, but you're actually like walking up, shaking its head and saying, hi, fear. Like, I'm, you know, my name is Kevin. Like, nice to meet you. Let's, let's get along. Like, let's be friends. That's where confidence is developed. It's not, like I say, it's not the stepping away from, or it's not the opposite of it is the integration with, it is you integrating with that fear and becoming one with it. <laughs> it's the very opposite of the opposite, right? So you want to be a part of that fear. You want to step in and make friends with that fear. And that is how confidence begins to develop in the F line. That's what it starts to feel like. Because when you do that, you change your relationship with fear, you change the way you think about fear, and therefore you change the way you feel about fear. Understand this, guys. Fear and all emotions, they are chemicals that create a chemical reaction in the cells of your body. That's what we feel. We feel the chemical reaction. We don't feel the chemical itself. That's the emotion. Fear is the emotion. What we feel is what comes from that, right? That all the subjectivity that we talk about it. And so when we talk about fear as being this horrible thing, this thing that's like danger and I need to move, and I need to fight and I need to gear up. I mean, we feel it, right? We feel that those physiological changes, but those physiological changes are objective. Those physiological changes are just vibrations in our cells. They're cellular chemical reactions. So if you change the way you think about those physiological changes where they're not so much like, oh, it's this intense feeling of danger and, you know, I'm under, under attack or I need to hide, I need to run or I need to, you know, poke, you know, puff up my chest and get ready to fight. You know, I need to, re, you know, readjust where my blood's going, like all that, you know, the parasympathetic system, the sympathetic system, you know, all that fight or flight that happens. When we change our relationship with that, those physiological changes, with those objective cellular vibrations, then our feeling about it changes. Our entire state of being around it changes. And that is the way, that's what confidence feels like. Confidence feels like the release, the letting go of the anxiety, of the resistance, the letting go of the, I'm going to die here. Like, this is, this is a bad thing for me. Like, this is dangerous for me. It's like a wash of trust and a wash of calmness that kind of comes through in the so your heart's going right your heart's beating bop, 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 going a hundred times a minute because of fear right it's getting ready to move fight or flight and when you exercise con courage when, 
by acting in that state, you start to build the relationship, the way you think about what's happening in your body, right? That, that fear and that confidence comes and starts to wash over you. And that same fast heartbeat, that same ba 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 ba, it's going so fast that it feels so uncomfortable when you're thinking about fear, when you're thinking about you know being rejected or thinking about failing or thinking about embarrassment or whatever. It changes when you just start to realize that yeah, this is I can handle this. This is totally okay for me. I've got this. This is the in fact, this is the worst that could happen. And I'm not saying that your heart rate just all of a sudden slows down to like the resting pace. What I'm saying, brother, is that it keeps going at that speed. You still have that adrenaline. You still have that fight or flight mode. You're still in that same chemical reaction. But now you are the in ownership of it. And with your with being in ownership of it, all that adrenaline starts to work for you. It starts to slow things down. You start to take deeper breaths. You start to calm down. And now you have this sort of immense power, I want to say power, to be able to handle anything, anything that comes your way. So there is a feeling that comes with confidence, indomitable self-confidence. But the caveat, (laughs) the unfortunate truth is that you have to practice fear. Like that's the move. And I've said it so many times, like fear discomfort, you know, all that, all those uncomfortable emotions, that is the currency. That's what we pay. That is the rite of passage to walk through the door of the next level of who you're going to become, of becoming more of who you already are, right? And that comes from courage, building that courage that comes from learning and developing your indomitable self-confidence. So a couple quick things just to wrap up on guys, as we finish out the month of June, as we finish out indomitable self-confidence month and go into, you know, how to change your past month. We're going to talk a lot about circumstances. We're going to talk a lot about circumstances being neutral and out of your control, because that's really what your past is. But let's finish up here with, you know, what does indomitable self-confidence feel like? First of all, you never, ever have to feel anxiety. Anxiety is an addictive feeling and it it only serves. The only thing that anxiety does is it blocks you from allowing yourself to feel fear, right? It blocks you from learning more about who you are and what you can handle, right? So you never, ever have to feel anxiety. And I'm not telling you to beat yourself up for feeling anxiety, but I'm telling you that what your anxiety is, is an emotion you're creating through the resisting of fear. And you don't have to do that. You can totally handle fear. Number two, determine what is creating that anxiety, right? What is the fear of feeling the fear? And then find out that fear. Like, what is it? Are you afraid of rejection and you don't want to feel rejected? So you don't want to feel the fear of that? Is it, you know, failure? Is it humiliation? Is it embarrassment? Is it something like that? You know, other people's opinions. But whatever it is, understand that the fear is the lie. Because the fear is usually going to change from what is unknown to what is known. And you can only do that when you allow yourself to feel it. Otherwise, it will continue to be unknown and you'll continue to push that anxiety. Courage is an action, not a feeling. It is a buildable skill. It is something that you do. We don't feel courageous, guys. No matter what anybody has said or what movie you've seen, courage is not a feeling, okay? The people that you think are feeling courageous are actually feeling fear, and they're just acting anyway. There is no feeling that is courage. Courage is an action that we do when we feel fear. You practice courage from that emotion. You can only practice courage when you're feeling fear. So listen, if you're constantly avoiding fear, then you will never be you will never be able to practice your courage. You can just kind of think of it that way. It's like use fear to your advantage. You can develop your courage the same way you develop any fear and any skill, you know, with practice, but you can only do that if you have that very 
you know, that prerequisite, that very important component, which is the emotion of fear. And part of the things, part of what we did during the month of June was called the dare of the day, where, you know, I had my students go walk into something that they've been afraid of. It's like, look, what are you afraid of? Now go do it. And that practice, that helps you practice your courage. And by, in hindsight, in retrospect, looking back, developing that confidence, because confidence is not an emotion you create through resisting fear, right? It's an emotion that you create through your thoughts. You can't stop the fear. Fear is going to be a part of our humanness forever. <laughs> Get used to it, brothers. Like we are always going to feel fear. But what we can do with fear is we can practice our courage and we can develop our confidence because confidence is an emotion that you can only create with mastering your own fear with recognizing that it's just an emotion, that you are you are greater than your fear, that your fear is there to protect you, but you determine whether you need protection. And that is your alpha state. That is your prefrontal cortex. So confidence coming from that fear is a feeling of calmness, control, serenity, and natural ease because you know that whatever it is your brain is startled, danger, feared to, right? Whatever it's been startled to through its amygdala, right? Through your amygdala, now is sending a message to your brain, sending a message of danger, danger, danger. You know you've assessed that with your prefrontal cortex. You've looked at that and practiced that. And now you know that that message is the lie. It's erroneous. And you are now in that, you still have that fear, right? You still have that same physiological response, but you're feeling a calm, control, serene, and natural ease. And here's the best move, bro. Here's the best. You can create confidence without evidence. You know, I've said this many times. I don't want to do a whole other podcast on this. You can go back and look at some of the previous episodes, but confidence is an emotion. It is not created from your actions. It doesn't come from your results. Confidence comes from the way you think about yourself, and you can practice those thoughts anytime, all the time. I recommend you do it all the time because when you practice, the more you think these thoughts, the more you wire that brain. Thinking a thought over and over and having the feeling of believing it is what creates the material. It's what creates the, you know, the neural wiring, the neural network, which is where the emotions come from, quite frankly. I mean, that's how you get your emotional experience is through your beliefs. So you can create your confidence just by practicing thoughts that you want to think, thoughts about yourself. And if you're curious about that, I got many, many podcasts out there on that one. But here's the main, here's the move. Here's the big message. Confidence comes from the way you think about fear. Indomitable confidence comes from your relationship with fear. So go out there, do something that's scary. Do something your brain is telling you is scary. Learn something about yourself. Practice that courage and learn that you can handle that emotion. Fear is necessary, but fear is not something that is stronger than you. Have an amazing week, brothers. I will see you next week. And until then, elevate your alpha. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Alpha Male Coach Podcast. If you enjoy what you've heard and want even more, sign up for Unleash Your Alpha, your guide to shifting to the alpha mindset at thealphamalecoach.com slash unleash. Unleash.